right, welcome to episode nine of the Ruthless Regression Podcast. <laughs> We're back after a couple weeks break. <laughs> An extended break. A lot going on in life. <laughs> kind of hoped, had hoped to do one sooner, but um, we've got a lot going on last couple weeks. We do. You know, everybody has to have a vacation in the summertime, get away from life. Vacation. Um I just started a new job a couple of weeks ago, so a lot going on here, but we're uh, trying to get back on track here. Yeah. They, you know, life happens. It and does. And we'll just, we'll try our best. That's right. We're going to keep on, keep on chugging. Yeah. Um, yeah. So today we're talking about a couple of things. We're going to do, um, here in a bit, we're going to talk about SummerSlam, which happened last week. Mm-hmm. Now we have the benefit of another week has passed. We've watched the weekly shows, so we have a little bit more to talk about there. So we'll do that in the second part of this show. Um, but first, we're going to talk about our next episode of Ruthless Aggression, which is going to be raw July 15th, 2002. Mm-hmm. Did you get the episode season <laughs> i did not okay. other than they're in new jersey it's we'll eventually <laughs> remember to do that yeah if you're watching on peacock you'll just have to find it yeah you can hunt it you can hunt it down we believe in you yeah be resourceful <laughs> um what other business do we have um social media we're still on youtube if you're not watching the video version uh we usually post that a day or so after the the audio version, so we're at ruthless regression on there, uh, as well as the, the same the same handle on Instagram and Threads. Um, also, mailbag. We still don't have any emails. <laughs> <laughs> we still don't have any emails. So Wallace will not. Our dog Wally will not be making an appearance on this episode. Um, but you can send emails to ruthlessregressionwwe at gmail.com if you have any questions or feedback or just stuff you want us to talk about. Maybe um, like come December, somebody will like accidentally send us an email thinking they're sending it to like Santa Claus or something. And, like that's the only way that <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll take it. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> that's the only way we'll get <laughs> we'll mail back. We can start reading the, the spam mail. Yeah. I don't really... <laughs> We don't really get much yet. Uh, um, anything else? Any business that you have? No business. We have we have a lot to talk about with present day wrestling. We do. Um, but let's let's get into the episode. Okay. Um, so yep. I think this we're we're coming off of a pretty, from what I can recall. Again, it's been two weeks, but it was a pretty stacked episode last time with The Rock. So we're. Coming out, um, a lot happens in this episode. It feels very much like a um, less action, more details type episode. A lot of talking. A lot of talking. A lot of development, a lot of storyline. Not as much action, but... um, So we open with Undertaker very prevalent in this episode, too. Like, I feel like every five minutes, the guy's in a scene of some kind. Um, but we open with him and Paul Heyman, uh, who are kind of chit chatting and setting up, I guess, basically the last, the match. main event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
last match of the night. Um, at first, I thought it was <laughs> Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar, but of course, I come to find out that it's Undertaker and Brock Lesnar versus RVD and uh, Ric Flair. Ric Flair. Ric Flair is so forgettable. I'm sorry, <laughs> but he is. <laughs> Um, but did I miss anything about what they talked about? Just kind of. Uh, nothing really. Just, you know, Heyman's sucking up to Undertaker and Undertaker's not really having it. He's talking about how he makes the next big things and he makes them famous by making them disappear. Mm-hmm. Uh, so certainly they're not, they're definitely not best friends yeah undertaker's just a no-nonsense guy i feel like every episode they're trying to convince him of something or talk him into something and he's just like "Mm, you know no i'm not that guy (laughs) yep but up next we've got the nwo's music comes on and out walks vince mcmahon yes this is things start to go off the rails pretty early in this episode as far as Storyline development. Yep. So Vince is out here to make some announcements. Uh, First of all, he says he wanted to come out to the NWO music because it would be the last time anyone would hear it because officially the NWO is done and disbanded. So, so is this like he is this really and true? Like after this day, they're no longer. Um, I believe so. I mean, I don't recall if it ever comes back in any spurts or anything, but I think that's pretty much, I would say this is probably it. Hmm. Um, and I mean, there's a lot to talk about there, but yeah, throughout the show, I was wondering like, is this an angle? Is this something they're going to do with this? Right. No, they're just just gone. (laughs) Uh, it was really odd to me though that so you know further further along in this conversation he's describing how the main point of this episode is that they're bringing general managers in to like i guess micromanage more the different um brands raw and smackdown but why would he start it out with being like so nwo's gone it's like okay oh and by the way we get a new manager it it (laughs) was weird that they just yeah, he did it like that. I mean, I'm guessing because they had plans maybe with Kevin Nash. And if you remember last Raw, he blew mm-hmm. out his knee immediately. So I bet that in, I didn't think things were going well. I was not a fan of this rendition of the NWO. It felt yeah. like it, they were trying to milk a cow that was already <laughs> Bone <milked dry>. completely <laughs> dry. Uh, so I'm glad that it's being disbanded, but it is interesting that there's no story reasons other than Vince says no more. Yeah. It's really odd. Um, yeah. It's very different than how business is normally handled. It feels like the fact that Vince would come out to their song and then be like, they're done, never to be seen again, and then hard pivot to the general manager thing. It's it, It'd be interesting to find out like what they had, had in plan because for the NWO, because mm-hmm. clearly they were... Um, bringing Triple H into the fold with some sort of storyline there. Mm-hmm. So they had long-term plans. And for some reason, I guess Kevin Nash blowing out his knee was just the last straw. Yeah, things and, just and they decided to pivot to yeah. something else. It's a strong pivot, it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll be interesting because anything they do from this point on feels like it's unplanned with like Triple H and 
I don't know what they're going to do with Shawn Michaels either. Yeah. We, we will see the big show tonight, but yeah. And then, yeah, and like you said, the second part of that is uh, each show is going to get their own general manager. Mm-hmm. So this is the first time this has happened. And uh, I know you were kind of unfamiliar with the concept because they don't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. But I really enjoyed this era of, obviously enjoyed this era of wrestling, but the general managers, I think, are like a pretty significant part of that, which we'll get into more as we go. Mm. But I was excited that this is like beginning here. Okay. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Vince says basically that the general managers have complete authority over their respective shows, which how true is that? I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Uh, and he's going to tell us who the GM of Raw is in the next hour, in the first hour of the show. Yeah. Separate from the announcement that he was making, people just love to hate Vince. Is it, is it a true hatred? Because it seems odd to me that, you know, there's so there's all of these big mega fans with wrestling, but yet when he's out there, you would think he he's kind of like the the guy, right? The guy that's kind of moving the pieces. People just boo and like call him asshole and everything. Is yeah. it part of the act? Like, is it just fun to kind of crap on him, or do like truly is he that hated? I think it's a product of of the Attitude Era, because mm. part of the charm of the Attitude Era was you had. Um, Vince, who was kind of the figurehead as like, obviously the boss of all these guys, all the wrestlers, but also he, he was kind of like, you know, everybody's got a boss who they want to beat up. Okay. Who's, who's an asshole. And Stone Cold was that guy that you related to who actually went and like flipped off his boss and beat him up and Mm -hmm. did all sorts of stuff. So Mm -hmm. I think Vince developed himself into that character that everyone wanted to hate gotcha. for that reason. Because okay. it's he's a relatable... Everybody, I guess a lot of people have events in their lives yeah. who... Okay, so it's just kind of fun to it, hate. It's a character, but yeah, fun to hate yeah. for sure. Okay. Yeah, he obviously loves playing this character too. And he's, <laughs> he's very good at it. I don't think he could play a, a good guy necessarily. Yeah. Um, so this next kind of clip is with Ric Flair and they mention him being a former co-owner. What is the story behind that? I don't have it for you. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, because I know you said at one point that Hulk Hogan kind of was like a co something, right? Like he kind of had his hand in things. Uh, well, uh, we were talking about WCW there, but oh. yeah, I don't know the story on this. I assume it was before he went to WCW. Yeah. Um, no idea. But yeah, not much out of out of this interview other than he has no idea who the GM is and doesn't really care at this point. That seems to be the common <laughs> common theme here. All the wrestlers, all the wrestlers are like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> and no one's. Everybody's like, nah, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, most of them seem to be like, I, I wonder who this is because it's like technically going to be their boss, you know, at least in in this world. Mm-hmm. But anyway, up next we've got a uh, six-man elimination tag match mm-hmm. uh, between uh, Jeff Hardy and the Dudleys. 
versus William Regal, who just lost his European championship last week to Jeff, and Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit when we were watching this about how we talk about Jeff Hardy every single week. So, <laughs> so this is no nothing new here, but yeah, uh, just talking about how like non-traditional he is in mm-hmm. this world. Mm-hmm. He's he's a cool guy, but he's not like your Undertaker or your Kevin Nash or the big like gruff masculine the Hulk Hogan, the Macho Man, Randy Savage. He's he's his own thing and he's almost like a prototype for a lot of the wrestlers we see today. Mm. Who would you compare him to most modern day? Oh man. Or, um or who do you think is like an offshoot of that. No one has really matched what Jeff Hardy did. I think most people kind of take bits and pieces. I mean, Riddle has some Jeff Hardy in him. Yeah. Matt Riddle, obviously not the same, but he absolutely just does his own thing. Mm-hmm. You know, Alternate. there's the physical yeah. stuff, like he paints his nails and stuff and he, he's, you know, pretty open about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And just... I guess just being yourself, even if it's not, because I think the original prototype for a wrestler was like, you got to be big and mean and gruff. Yeah. And Jeff Hardy just like completely nah. rejects that, <laughs> Yeah, which is cool. Yeah. I, I think if Riddle were to take just a little sidestep into more hardiness, mm-hmm. some something there, maybe integrate some funky paint or some cool hair, I uh, think that would do well for that character oscar comes to mind she true she's totally out there wearing the colors the face paint just whatever you know very expressive yeah um but yeah i mean so we got the six-man tag um i'll run down the eliminations so we got spike out first of course of course mr (laughs) crash dummy (laughs) of course uh, Bubba was disqualified. I believe he used the European Championship belt to hit somebody. Yeah. Ref saw it and disqualified him. Uh, Regal goes out via Swanton Bomb. Uh, Jeff very quickly pins Eddie. He, he did like a uh, kind of a leg drop thing onto <laughs> his legs and like pinned him. Mm-hmm. Eddie doesn't go away. He, he teams up with Chris and, and continues to beat down Jeff. Uh, and then Regal comes in out of nowhere with some brass knuckles and clocks Jeff. You got to call him Brass Nucks brass like nucks. JR does. Oh, did he say Brass Nucks? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Benoit gets Jeff in a cross face. The ref picks up his arm a few times. Jeff doesn't respond. So yeah. uh, the match is called in uh, Benoit's favor. Then Eddie goes to grab a table and the Bubba's the oh my god i, I have bubbas. here the bubba's chase them off <laughs> the dudleys the dudleys <laughs> but maybe they should be called the bubba's i like the pairing of eddie and chris um, mm. they work well i mean i can you can tell that they jive well mm. i know that they were really good friends you know out yeah. of the ring they work well together they fight well together yep the dudleys even though they're pairing eh, i don't know if they have a ton of chemistry um, yeah, I was telling you earlier, like, this is the kind of alternate version of the Dudleys because mm-hmm. Devon was the original Dudley mm-hmm. uh, with Bubba. So, yeah, it does feel like a little watered because Spike, 
he's great and he takes i mean like we've been saying he's the human crash dummy yeah he takes he, moves he takes it but he doesn't uh, do a whole lot but yeah he's not very threatening yeah and i was saying during the match even how i just don't like to watch bubba wrestle there's something there it's like i don't know if it's his style the way he moves it just doesn't it makes me uncomfortable to watch weirdly I don't yeah. know. It just, it rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. It's, it's weird. I've heard here and there that he was a pretty stiff wrestler. Yeah. Just meaning that he hurt people. Yes. <laughs> uh, more often than not. Yes. And I feel like that's really saying something. If me, like an untrained eye can watch that and be like, this guy just doesn't, he just doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Which I feel like is a very big assumption for me to make being non not a professional wrestler. You know, I don't even know what I'm looking at, but I just know when I watch him wrestle, it just doesn't he just doesn't flow. He he looks he moves in such a way that you're like this doesn't look like like wrestling. Mm-hmm. This looks like he's like like going to punch the guy and he fully punches him. Like it just doesn't feel like it fits really. So I don't know. He's to not. me, I, I mean, I know he came out. I'm pretty sure he came out of ECW. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure that's kind of like how the Dudleys made their name was mm-hmm. like the extreme flavor of wrestling with mm-hmm. like the Hardys and Edge and Christian. I feel like, um, yeah, the Dudleys didn't quite ever make it out of that. Like they very much stayed famous for the extreme stuff, but at least in the WWE never really found their footing outside of that, like either solo or just in regular matches. Mm-hmm. Um, really, their whole identity is tied to tables, which <laughs> which is why at Vengeance, they're having um, the Dudleys are in a gotcha. match with, with Benoit and Guerrero, um, and it's a table match. So Gotcha. But I, so my counter to that is, like you mentioned the extreme wrestlers like Jeff Hardy, like you can be an extreme wrestler and still be very good at what you're doing, which I think is what Jeff Hardy is doing. Yeah. He's very extreme. I mean, he's like, he's doing crazy wild things, both to people and having them done to him flips and moves and everything. But it, he does it well. <laughs> like, yeah, you don't look at that and go, I don't know about that. You look yeah. at it and you're like, Oh wow. That that's, he's, that's really cool mm-hmm. versus the Dudleys. You're like, Ooh, I don't know about that. Well, and that's what I mean. Like the Hardys and Edge and Christian, they were, they were all good wrestlers in their own right. Mm. I don't want to completely say the Dudleys are bad wrestlers, but they definitely leaned more on that like extreme stuff to kind of prop them up. I think yeah, to be better than they actually were, mm. which I mean, they did a good job of it and they made it, uh, th- they're a crowd favorite. Yeah, um, just... at least for now. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. The Dudleys. We'll get off the crap train for now <laughs> till we come back again for the next week. Uh, we've got Coach outside of the outside of Vince's office, uh, speculating on who's the GM. Uh, Paul Heyman appears, and they they chat for a second, wondering, you know, could it be him? Heyman doesn't know, but he says, why couldn't it be me? <laughs> <You know? laughs> of course. Of course. Uh, so he goes in to Vince's office. A woman with a headset rushes in. And we, the cameraman apparently gets to go in too because we're mm-hmm. following this. 
and she says that the uh, she tells Vince that the new GM has arrived, and then shortly after, Shane comes in. Mm-hmm. Shane McMahon, Vince's son. Now, how many kids does Vince have? Uh, the only ones I'm uh, I'm aware of are Vin- are uh, Shane and Stephanie, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if there was another one that like just didn't want to be involved yeah. in all this. But yeah. I don't know for sure. On screen, it's just two. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, Vince is surprised. He says, "You're not the GM." <laughs> He's like, "Get uh, out of here." <laughs> yeah. Is this and, uh, Shane? Is this Shane's like first appearance? When did Shane no. first come into play? Do you know? He's been around for a while at this point. Just kind of in and out sometimes. Yeah, he's an on-screen guy. I mean, he's wrestled a whole lot. Um, really, I'd say he's he's done a good job of like separating himself from just being Vince's son. Mm. He, I mean, maybe we should talk about this in, the, in another time, but okay. Uh, He's done a lot of matches where he did things that he didn't have to do, you know, like dangerous things, like jumping off of a cage or something, mm-hmm. just to kind of like show that he's not there just to be gotcha. Vince's son. Gotcha. So he, he's a pretty frequent character. Okay. Um, he says he's here to prevent Vince from making a mistake. Vince says, well, you're, we're just trying to put me out of business recently and now you have all these familial concerns. He's, mm-hmm. um, I believe he's talking about, um, so after Vince bought WCW, uh, they kind of like made it like a puppet. If you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they kept it alive for a little bit longer under their, um, how would you say that? They, they kind of kept it running mm-hmm. for themselves mm-hmm. and they, kind of pretended like Shane actually bought WCW and was going to challenge his, his father and run him out of business. Mm-hmm. So but they were trying to make a storyline. They made, As they always do, they try to make, try to make reality into a story, but okay. that's kind of what they're talking about here. Okay. The WCW invaded WWE under Shane's, um, leadership i guess mm-hmm. anyway that's there's a, some deep lore in this that's episode. a story for, <laughs> uh, for another podcast probably okay. but i just want to give a little bit of context there yeah there's some a lot of backstory history characters in this episode that are difficult to follow it's it's like world history yeah. i've been reading about history recently and it, there's always doesn't matter where you start it's like well the roots <laughs> There's a backstory to right. this story, and there's right. a backstory to that story. So, some of it you just have to kind of accept and be like, okay, this is where I'm coming yeah. into. Yeah. All right. Uh, up next, we've got Tommy Dreamer and RVD talking backstage, uh, saying how Paul Heyman had it coming last week on Raw, where I guess RVD, I believe he took a frog splash. Heyman did mm. from RVD. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dreamer and RVD, both EC, former ECW guys. So they were, uh, Paul Heyman was their boss at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what's so confusing to me is like, there's so many former bosses, but then former employees, there's, there's so many mix matching of the levels in wrestling. 
Like even when Ric Flair says, oh yeah, I used to be a co-owner, but but now he's just like a regular wrestler. Like that seems so weird. It's all, It feels like as if I'm watching something where there's a bunch of actors, but there's also these people who used to be directors, but then they, they're not a director anymore. They just want to be an actor. And I'm like, hmm. well, hold on now. Isn't there like a hierarchy or something? It just, it's That's odd. That's mostly not a problem with WWE though. Like I don't, I still don't know Rick's story. Or why why they say he he used to be a co owner? We'll have to research that for another day. But yeah. I mean, for the most part, it's been a family business. So, but there's like not, with Paul Heyman, like he used to be this what co ECW, yeah, the founder of ECW. But then now he's like here. It yeah, because ECW went out of business. <laughs> Same with Eric. Well, we'll talk about him later. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Same odd. with WCW. Mm-hmm. Right, but then he gets to step in and be. Well, let's okay. okay, okay. Let's I know get I'm there. skipping ahead. Let's okay, get there. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, I don't think we have to cover this much more. It, it was just like, so RVD leaves in this, what, what's his name? Stephen Richards or something. Yeah. This There's a lot of, um, random dude, people coming in and out, in and out, in and out, just talking about what's going on in this episode, in and out, in and out. I will say with this one, so they set up this Singapore cane match between, which I don't know why they call them Singapore cane. These are just kendo sticks that they're. Yeah, I'm pretty. Yeah, they're kendo sticks. But anyway, <laughs> Singapore Kane match set for later between Dreamer, Tommy Dreamer, and this Richards guy. I think um, it's set for like in 30 seconds. Like, yeah, you're right. It's the next match. But I did want to mention Gold Dust because Gold Dust comes in mm-hmm. and I don't even remember what he says, but he does his big deep breath and then, then he like goes. <laughs> He goes to like bite Stephen Richards and both Richards and Tommy Dreamer just bust out laughing. <laughs> that you could, I mean, yeah, I think you for a second they, they're like, uh, they were what? not. <laughs> I, I don't, yeah. So Goldust made both of them break, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Because they were supposed to be like tense and ready to fight. Um, There's a lot of weird um, like emotions and like demeanors in this episode. Mm-hmm. It's like, I feel like people are trying to keep up the front in a lot of ways as we go, but no one really knows how to act. And so it makes for a really mangled feeling in this episode, Hmm. I feel. But anyway, yes. So Steven Richards and Tommy Dreamer do a stick match. (laughs) Yep. A bunch of, I mean, they're just hitting each other with sticks for the most part. It was hard to watch. (laughs) Yeah, Tommy Dreamer gets busted open. He's bleeding all over Everywhere. the place. Everywhere. That might be like top five bloody matches I've seen. Like his whole mm. face was bloody. Yeah. It it didn't... I don't like the matches. And they're, they're very few and far between. But like this where there's no wrestling happening. You're yeah. just hitting each other with a stick. Yeah. It feels a little like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is... This kind of goes back to what we were talking about with the Dudleys it's like they're and not all of them but some of these ECW guys their whole identity is based around extreme matches mm-hmm. and doing crazy dangerous things um and again not all of them but some of them really aren't that aren't really wrestlers yeah they're I don't even know what you call that I don't know, entertainers, <laughs> I guess. Extreme wrestlers or something, but... Yeah. This uh, one missed the mark big time for me, especially because 
you know, I was asking you, Tommy Dreamer has this shirt on that says Psycho. Psych Ward. Or Psych Ward, yeah, sorry. But his his character is supposed to be this crazy guy, but he's like the one that gets the absolute crap beat out of him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't act crazy or anything at all. It just feels... It's not, I don't know, it's very disjointed. I don't know what the plan was with that match, but it didn't It didn't work for me. Yeah. JR did have a great line. He said, Dreamer was tougher than a $2 state. That <laughs> was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Dreamer really explodes one of these sticks over Richard's head and, and then pins him for the win. But yeah, I feel like this is still, you see... Actually, that's a big theme of this show is you have WCW and ECW remnants in mm. WWE and they're trying to make make it work and some things work and some and a lot of it doesn't. Yeah. We're going to start seeing a lot of that, I think, die off mm. as we as we go along. Yeah. Tommy Dreamer, I don't think is going to stick around long. I don't think the hardcore championship we'll talk about later is, is going to stick around long. Yeah. There's a lot of things that they tried. They tried to take ECW, WCW, and just like smush it into right. WWE, and it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. It feels gimmicky, and yes. I I would bet that's kind of behind the scenes what they were saying is like this feels gimmicky. If we're going to put ourselves out there as the uh, wrestling entertainment, these gimmicks feel they just don't work. Booker T is backstage. He's got a match later with the Big Show. Big show. I believe he's talking to Coach. He he wants Coach to do a spin a Rooney. Yeah, I think he even calls it a Coach a Rooney. <laughs> That's the funniest name of a move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Coach does uh, give it a try. It doesn't look good. Um, Eric Bischoff comes in to shake Booker T's hand. Uh. At, uh, Booker T is a WCW guy, former. So those two are very familiar. Mm-hmm. He's familiar with everyone in this episode. We get like 10 different little side scenes of Eric Bischoff yep. meeting uh, someone else. Uh, this is actually, yeah, I forgot this is the first one. So this is where Bischoff first makes his appearance. And then sure enough, uh, Vince comes out on stage and announces Eric Bischoff is the newest general manager of raw yes this whole scene was very self-gratuitous yeah it was very prolonged the crowd i could tell in the background was getting very bored of it (laughs) i don't know if bored is the right word he's he's a good villain they he felt like they were getting restless towards the end like you could see probably so he did introduce himself in, in, in a lengthy manner I would say most fans at this point knew who he was. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about who he is because okay. it's been a long time. Okay. Eric Bischoff was the executive producer and um, a vice president of WCW. He founded, as he reminded us in the segment, as he was talking on stage, he founded the NWO, which is wildly successful. Mm-hmm. He beat the WWE in, or at the time, WWF, 84 weeks in a row in television ratings. Mm -hmm. So for a time, it looked like WCW was the bigger wrestling company. Mm -hmm. Um, What else? He signed countless, countless wrestlers, stole them away from WWF. 
So Eric Bischoff is basically the Vince, sort of the Vince of WCW. Mm-hmm. And now Vince has asked him to come run one of his shows. Mm-hmm. So bygones be bygones. It doesn't, I don't know, it felt a little weird. Like you're saying this guy is like, used to be your biggest enemy and then he's kind of... Um, crapping on what he used to do but then it's like oh but now we're partners and everything's good and i'm gonna be running this show it's like okay mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know it just but they i mean to I, their or to vince's credit i mean he's he holds no grudges anyway he is a pure businessman if there's any way he can make money off of something <laughs> all is forgiven <laughs> <laughs> let's 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 uh, go into business together. Yeah, he he goes for it. I was just struggling to find, you know, when he was when Eric Bischoff was doing his very very lengthy crowd announcement. I was struggling to find the point because the majority of it was again him boasting all the stuff that he's done and all the crap that he's pulled on WWE and how he's so much better, but. Hold on, though. You would complain if he just came in and did, nobody explained who they were. You didn't know sure. who he was. But he, but that didn't explain to me what he was. He did. He explained everything. He said, he said he told, what he did. Yeah. I, but, he ran WCW. He said that. Okay. If I hadn't told you who he was, then you'd be like, who is this guy? I guess. Yep. I'll give okay. it to you. Yep, you're wrong. I'll give it to you. All right. <laughs> That's a rare one. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll give it to you. All right. Uh, uh, we'll move on. We'll s- <laughs> There's really no no more ground to no. cover there. <laughs> we got uh, another. We got Bischoff's continued tour of the continued. backstage area. Let me point out, continued tour but of he talking. He just started. He just started, though. This is his first we night. We might give as well call this the Eric Bischoff episode. You're because... just salty now because you were wrong. <laughs> no. I said uh, I'd give it to you. Let's move on. <laughs> um, yeah, Bischoff is... Uh, well, Undertaker and Bradshaw are talking. Bischoff is really only interested in talking to The Undertaker. Bradshaw tries to introduce himself, but he's like, yeah, go away. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, just some ass kissing here. Because Undertaker was one of the guys who was just too loyal. <coughs> he never went to WCW. Mm-hmm. So... Moving on, we got a nice, uh, I wouldn't say nice, but we got a women's championship match, Trish Stratus versus Molly Holly. As far as women's matches go, it was good. For Yeah, I mean, it, at least you had two women who could wrestle. Correct. That's what I'm like, for, for this time, you know, for this timeline, it was good. I, they both knew what they were doing. There were some good moves. There was no nudity. It was good. Yeah, I mean, if your standards are that low, it's it was good. And they are very they low, are low for the, for this but for this time period. This was such. I mean, I was thinking through this match. Well, first of all, this was a filler match, hundred percent. Sure. You just had Bischoff in the big announcement. Now let's have a cool down. Yep. For a bit. Yep. Uh, first of all, it's for the women's championship. Can you imagine, <laughs> uh, on a random Monday night, if Rhea Ripley? <laughs> <laughs> no. defends her belt against like Becky or somebody yeah. in, in like five, 10 minutes. Yeah. Like it, this, I'm just, 
we've come a long way. Oh, you are correct in this as well, my dear. The, we still have some ways to go on the women's division nowadays, but we're so much further along than, than yes. here. Yeah, here they're like an afterthought. It's I can't even believe they have their own belt because... And the belt is awful. Yeah, it it's, looks, it's very <laughs> ugly. It's like um, they picked a generic one off off the off the shelf and just mm-hmm. like had some women's champion written on it yeah and it's, it's very clear to me um from the past few episodes and then this kind of current you know how this is developing that molly holly's just going to retain for the next dozen episodes you know yeah there's no there's no real threat there yeah I, if trish isn't going to do it i really don't know who yeah and they just I mean, it wasn't a squash. So, uh, Molly did have the rope assist to pin Trish. So there is the leaving open the possibility there of maybe a rematch, but yeah, she'll retain. There's not a lot of meat on the bone there. Yeah, there's no real storyline. Nada. You know that there that Vince or whoever is looking at the roster and they get get everybody dealt with, and then they're like. God, we got Molly Holly. We got to do something with her. Yeah. I don't know. Throw her in for a quick match. Yeah. <laughs> Have her retain. I don't know. <laughs> we got to use her. And they still do some of that nowadays, but it's it's better. Yeah. Uh, Flair and Bischoff backstage. Flair doesn't care. He says, I got a match. <laughs> I don't, that's it. That's kind of the demeanor that I get with Ric Flair right now. <laughs> He doesn't care. I, it, He's getting I'm that like, paycheck. what is this guy doing? He doesn't really care. Like in any kind of backstage or match, he's just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> he's definitely the old guy, like getting that paycheck. Yeah. Um, prototype, you know? Yeah. Flair, sorry, not Flair. Booker T versus the Big Show. We got the Big Show's entrance back. He's not coming out to that stupid NWO music he's coming yeah. out to his music yeah um really really happy to see the big show back he he, he felt like a neutered dog <laughs> uh, like a neutered pit bull in the in nwo yeah to me hmm. he, he just didn't fit there at all uh i really i really like the big show and i think he shows a lot of skills in this match where he's probably one if not the most talented big men in mm. WWE mm. history. Mm. Well, who does that include, Big Men? Undertaker? No, no I wouldn't say Undertaker. Mm. Uh, Undertaker's not quite seven feet. I would say seven feet or more, probably 300 plus pounds. Okay, so you got Big Show. You got, you got Big Show, you got the great Kali, you, okay. you got Omos nowadays. <laughs> okay. I mean, there's Who's not... another guy that was the the big, strong man? Mark Henry's not that oh, tall, but oh, he's just he's just big. Yeah. There are others. They're just so forgettable for the most part. I hope I'm not forgetting. I mean, you've yeah, got big you, guys. You got um what's the guy? What's the big guy? You can't just say that. You got to give me something. The big the Andre the Giant. That's who I'm thinking of. Andre, yeah. I mean, that's he's, a whole conversation. Obviously, he was a big star. He was, he's the big guy. Yes. Historically, yes, but there is a conversation to be had if you drop him into today's WWE. Sure. I mean... Would he... I don't know that he would be... No. Well, it's just like when you see Ric Flair fight against yeah. 
Brock Lesnar later who kicks his butt. <laughs> and you're like, eesh, somebody's a little rusty, you know? <laughs> anyway, not to get on a big <laughs> tangent, but I really appreciate the big show and yeah. everything he can do. He's a he's an actual wrestler. Sure, he's he's a big guy and he, he moves like one, but he he I, does wrestling moves. He's, yeah, he's he, not very stiff like some big guys are. If we ever see, I don't think the great, I think the great Kali is after, do you know who I'm talking about? Mm. He's kind of the next really big guy mm. of of this next era or two. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got no wrestling skills. His skill is that he's like almost eight feet tall. Is this the guy with the headdress thing? Uh, no. Oh, no never mind. I'm thinking really. about somebody else. Okay. Anyway, that's for another day. But okay. big show. Uh Tosses ref, the ref out of the ring while he's he's trying to wrestle the the chair out of his hands and then hits Booker with it a couple of times and gets disqualified. It's fun to watch, like you were saying, two big guys. They were a good match together. And Big Show lifted Booker T up, you know, straight vertical and then did a whatever slam. Suplex thing. Yeah. Yep. I guess. Yep. So a regular suplex is when they hold him up and then whatever. And a German suplex is when you kind of lift and... Yeah. Up. Okay. I think And so. then there's a belly-to-belly suplex, which is German, but the other way around is <laughs> belly-to-belly. Like a big hug. Right. <laughs> Violent hug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one looks hard to me. Yeah. Of course, the other person's jumping, yeah. too, to help. It's so satisfying when you're watching a suplex and they, they jump to assist and it just executes yep. so perfectly. <laughs> I'm like, yes. <laughs> all right, let's. Uh, all right, so choke slam, uh, Big Show choke slams Booker T through the announce table, and that's that. For now. For now. For now, we got Brock and Heyman backstage. Uh, Brock is curling some kind of giant <laughs> scaffolding. It looks ridiculous. It looked ridiculous. I'm like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> yeah, it's like. Fifteen feet long yeah. of scaffolding, <laughs> metal. Just, you got this guy just casually uh, curling, yeah, like a scaffolding type thing while he's talking to Paul Heyman in the back. It's really funny. <laughs> it's a, I think it's a great way to, uh, I guess, develop maybe Brock's character or, or really like show his character without having him do much. Just mm-hmm. having him basically curl, do a straight bicep curl of this humongo thing. Mm-hmm. I think it really plays into his monstrous kind of mm-hmm. strength. But anyway, yeah, what 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 were they talking about? Because I was really just distracted by him curling that thing. Heyman was just kind of talking about their like ulterior motives around teaming with The Undertaker and talking to him. Basically, they want to destroy RVD. Okay. That makes by sense. any means necessary. Yeah, RVD and and Brock are a good uh, a good match competitively. Yeah. It's going to be a good match. We got them facing off at Vengeance, uh, which would be at the end of this week. So that'll be fun for the Intercontinental Championship. Oh yeah, that would be a good match. Up next, we got a weird match: Nowitzki versus Bradshaw. Uh, this is another one that's. <laughs> I hope we, we don't see too many more of these. Yeah, it was because weird. we've got Bradshaw, the hardcore champion. Uh, for some reason, they've this week they've given him a custom belt. It's got like the Texas 
flag on it, the like American flag with, I guess it's the Lone Star flag or something. Mm. I don't know, but very bizarre. Yeah. They gave him a custom belt. Nowiski says he doesn't even want it. <laughs> He's like, I'll just like lay down and you can pin me. <laughs> I love that. He, <laughs> that's so funny to me that Nowiski's like, kind of like, I don't even know why I'm in this match. <laughs> like but i don't do hardcores so which, not really sure. which that made sense but then like he he lays down and then bradshaw goes to pin him and he and then no whiskey goes to roll him up for the pin it's like what i don't know what do you do? It, that's so again i'm just saying this episode feels a little disjointed there's not a match yeah, yeah I know. a lot of confusing stuff here uh, they take it backstage during this match. Uh, Bradshaw looks like he's just nailing Nowiski with these hits. Like he, he he's is not being gentle at all. Yeah. The, again, the, these hardcore extreme wrestlers, it does not a good fit with the regular guys. And he's he's like he's got like the metal tray just like nailing him. And the trash can uh, he just gets trash him a can. freaking straight on head hit. Yep. Uh <laughs> then this guy, this random dude, Johnny Stamboli, <laughs> comes in and like nails Bradshaw over the head with a tray or something. And then there's pins people him. going in and out of this episode and you're like, Who are you? I don't even I don't remember this guy at all. <laughs> But he's he's the hardcore champion, at least for now. Yeah, whatever whatever weight that has. Uh, we got the big show in Chris <laughs> and Eric Bischoff backstage. Uh, big show is thrilled because he was real tight. He was in the NWO and WCW, and they were pretty tight. Uh, he asked for a favor. He wants, you know, he's been fighting Booker T for weeks now. And he wants a match against him at Vengeance. No disqualification. No count outs. Mm. Eric initially doesn't want to, but eventually comes around to it and says that he will make it official and talk to Vince. And then for some reason, he's got a DVD of Triple H and he's <laughs> watching that on his TV. But I think that JR or, you know, one of the announcers mentioned that I guess the relevance is that Eric he's trying to sign him to raw i'm just so there's i don't know maybe i'm just not familiar with the backstory because wasn't he like injured or something yeah triple h was injured i don't i guess he's a free agent like that's another thing like we didn't see his injury so it could be that like he was a free agent he didn't get drafted one place or the other Uh and so now like he can be signed so we'll see uh, I'm just trying to keep up with what's going on in this episode. Anyway. We got this <laughs> ran- random Stamboli dude. <laughs> Johnny Stromboli is rolling know. in. <laughs> well, that would be a better name, honestly. He should he should have been Johnny Stromboli. I literally it's turned to you and I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> I don't and I don't know. I have no clue. Uh, so he's talking to Bischoff. They're talking like Eric was responsible for him being there and having that opportunity. But before that could really develop, Bradshaw <laughs> comes in and gives him a clothesline from hell, pins him and takes back his belt. The hardcore championship. <laughs> I feel like they're um, 
they're trying to make a story a lot about what's happening, I guess, behind the scenes and kind of intermingling it with these scenes. But the viewer, a.k.a. me, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes and I don't know who Johnny Stromboli is, but then they're <laughs> trying, but then they're trying to make it like, oh, yeah, he's responsible for something, something. I don't confused. No, like I think sometimes you, if you don't have all the information, you just get really confused. But <laughs> like, I, I think it was clear you we're not really supposed to know who this guy is. Okay, okay. Like JR, either JR or King knew his name, and the other one was like, who? Who is this guy? So, like, it was very clear so, that this is just a random dude. So, you're telling me that they're, they're wanting the viewer to be confused. No, it's just, it's a new person. Oh, like okay. you okay. don't, not everybody has this deep his, history <laughs> background. Sometimes it's a new dude. Listen, I need to know the players. No. <laughs> God. He's not going to stick around long. I can almost exactly. guarantee Exactly. That so. makes it even more confusing. How? I, what, why is this guy coming in? Because they try stuff and it doesn't work sometimes. It does not work. Let me tell you. Undertaker and Brock have a quick stare down before the main event backstage. Uh, we got the Undertaker and Brock Lesnar versus RVD and Ric Flair Woo. for all all the marbles. Not really. It's literally the only thing that Flair contributes is people to go woo when they say his name. Well, I will say, well, he gets his he gets his ass kicked this this match. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, a good 10 minutes is just him just getting wrecked <laughs> by Undertaker. And then Taker tags in Brock and Brock tags in Taker. And they just demolished this dude. I feel like a few times Brock did a um, either a suplex or an F5 on him. And I swear Flair's face for a second was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, he gets slammed. I know. He really takes it. Brock beats the crap out of people. It's yep. impressive. But he does it in such a way, again, this is where I find the skill, to where you're like watching it and you're like, on, he's beating the crap out of this guy, but he's not like hurting him necessarily. Yep. It's not about, I'm going to hurt you really bad. I'm just going to beat you up really bad. Which, If know. anything, he probably hurt himself. He did that spear in the corner and Flair moved. I don't know if that was planned or not, but... Yeah. Uh, you there's a big sweat cloud that came off of him when he hit it. So mm. there was a real impact there, and I bet it hurt. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, Brock goes for it to himself and like with others too. Yeah. Um. Finally, we get the RVD tag that we're building up to for forever, and he just goes to town on everybody. He's, so fun. Yeah. So flippy. I'm glad you're growing on, or he's growing on you, because I figured you'd like him. Oh, I've liked him from the beginning, I think. I mean, from what I can remember. Um, yeah, I love the flippy guys. He really got to shine in this match. He, he he did all of his signature moves and ended up doing a frog splash on Lesnar where it looked like he very much would have had Lesnar pinned if Undertaker mm -hmm. didn't come in and give him the last ride and, mm -hmm. and pin him. God, that would be so scary. Can you imagine like sitting on the Undertaker's shoulders and he's six foot whatever and you're like sitting on him and then your body is probably three foot more up and you know like I'm, I'm about to be like slammed into this ring right now. Yeah. That would be kind of scary. Yeah, because his, ever, this is 
last ride is like a version of a power bomb mm. and everybody's got their own version of it um last ride is like like you said he brings them up on his shoulders he lifts them up almost like um does like a military press up on them and then slams them down no you're like uh, 10 feet up in the air and then you got like gunther in modern day where he doesn't he almost doesn't even look like he gets him all the way. He doesn't stand all the way straight, but uh-huh. then he just like puts all of his strength into slamming them back down. I know. And sometimes the way the head hits, I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, I don't even want to see it. Power, like you, you've got to tuck your neck big time to get ready for that. It's such a good move though. Like such a good finisher. It's brutal. It always looks bad. I, I, I guess it probably is bad. <laughs> to take yeah um you don't really see anybody doing a last ride anymore so i wonder if gunther's version is somehow safer even though it looks rough i don't know there was somebody that we've seen i want to say maybe finn balor recently that took one or i don't i may be wrong on that but in the past few weeks somebody took one and or maybe yeah. it was Chad Gable. It was someone mm-hmm, probably Gable. that, yes, it was because he mm-hmm. fought him like uh, the other week, yep. a week ago and his head ricocheted <sighs> so bad off the ring. And I, I think we were both like, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> gotta be careful with that. Oh God. Anyway, but that was, a, it was a good finisher. Um, good finishing match of mm-hmm. the show. Agreed. Um, I think the best, match of the show mm-hmm, for sure uh, a lot of duds in this one i thought yep. uh, rvd was just a lot of fun in this one i mean everybody was good i would say brock shined as well but yeah great match yeah i am really liking smackdown a lot more which is surprising huh. yeah uh i don't know i I mean, of course, I understand, like, they're in this um, time period, they're in a period of, like, change Change. and evolution, and they're trying to figure out kind of which direction they're going, and I I certainly feel that with the storyline, with the matches, having a really hard time with Raw, especially, so I'm hoping that, you know, the next SmackDown kind of picks it up a little bit more. Yep. Plus, you got Cena and... um, Kurt Angle and Batista and Randy Orton, all those people that I have come to really enjoy watching. Speaking of SmackDown, we have one last thing on this show. Uh, Bischoff backstage is talking while he's leaving the rock, a message on his phone Mm. and basically he's recruiting him to come to raw and um, says that he will be there this week, this Thursday night on SmackDown. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I, yeah, I think I agree with you though on the SmackDown versus raw thing. There's a lot of things they're trying on raw that isn't sticking. Like Mm -hmm. we've talked about Mm -hmm. NWO has been pretty prominent and that that was a dud. I think the Dudleys have been around a lot. And to me, they're duds. ECW guys on here a lot. Duds. Not really landing. Bradshaw. Hardcore championship. Duds. Like you were saying, there's a lot of duds. Yeah. Um, so I hope that, especially with Eric Bischoff coming in, maybe we'll actually see some good change. Yeah, I think so. Because um, they, they've got a good bit to, to work with. I mean, they still have Jeff Hardy, which very... I Absolutely. Mean, he's carrying it right now. Benoit and Eddie are, are really good together. 
Uh, Booker um, T and Goldust. Gold I like. Of course. RVD, obviously. Yeah, yeah, true. Undertaker. Um, there's obviously in Brock Lesnar. There's a lot of talent here, but yeah, somehow it does feel like SmackDown is more stacked because you have because your your like young talent that they're gambling on is. John Cena, Batista, really, and like Randy Orton. Really, like solid talent. It's so, not. <laughs> they're just stacked from top to bottom. I think so. For the most part. Where I, I think I get conflicted. Like when we're talking about new talent or people that we don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard for me. Like you were saying, like I act confused. I think I, it's just hard to accept like a new person that we don't know when they're not really showing their talent, but like it kind of seems like we're supposed to know them and care about them. It's hard to do that when I don't know about them and they're not wrestling or showing their talent. So I think that's where I, I'm getting a little lost in the raw currently because that's a little bit what it feels like to me. Like I'm not really seeing a whole lot, but then there's these new guys kind of coming on or new people. So I need to see that play out a little bit more, I think. But yeah. I think SmackDown would be good, the next one. And then we got Vengeance coming up, which I'm sure will be great. We get to see yeah. everybody. Yep. At their one peak. more episode of SmackDown, and then we are going to get to watch and cover our first uh, pay per view of Ruthless Vengeance. Aggression. Vengeance. Sounds and hardcore. It should be a good one. Yeah. Shall we do a strong pivot to present day SummerSlam? Yep. So that's it for Raw. We're going to talk about. SummerSlam 2023, which we just watched this past week, uh, this past weekend. Mm-hmm. We had hoped to do a show right after and before we went on a week vacation, but it <laughs> uh, didn't happen. Yeah. And here we are. We did watch the weekly shows and we do have some more, uh, some more, I guess, information and details on some of the things that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start off by talking about Logan Paul defeating Ricochet. And let's see, that one finished. Uh, I don't think it was a clean finish, was it? I doubt it. Is it ever clean with Logan Paul? Yeah. But, I mean, how did you feel about... I mean, obviously, Ricochet was the crowd favorite. Sure. But... And they kind of roped in the girlfriend announcer. I don't remember her name, but... Samantha Irvin. Oh, okay. Now, I wonder what is the difference between Irvine and Irvin? Is there an E at the end? No. Oh, that might be what. I don't think so. <laughs> I've heard it pronounced both ways, but maybe it's just spelled differently. But yeah, they roped her in a little bit um, for a little bit of dramatic flair, which was okay. Um, I didn't even know they were together. So for me, I was like, oh, okay, well, that's news to me. Um, this was the one where um, Michael Cole said it was a great match, but the ending sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how off the rails Michael Cole is nowadays. Yeah, Michael Cole seemed to really be not holding back <laughs> on his comments on this summer. <laughs> he was right. That I didn't. I didn't love this match. Um, Honestly, this is controversial a little bit, but I feel like Logan Paul had was more impressive out of this match. Hmm. And, and I'm sure a lot of that was due to Ricochet's support, but Logan just like landed more of his moves, I feel like. And Ricochet mm-hmm. didn't land things as cleanly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just... 
I came away still continuing to be impressed by uh, Logan Paul, at least in the ring. Mm. And he's a great heel. He's he's a really good wrestler. Maybe not a great person. I don't know. I don't follow him, but. I don't think so. No. I think he's a little bit of a, uh, maybe a grifter maybe would be a good word. Mm. Or a. Scam artist. Yeah. Well, I, I've heard a little bit about that stuff, yeah. but. <laughs> Talk about somebody who's. Profit is what matters. Profit. Well, I know that his brother, Jake Paul, was also boxing, I think, the same night. Mm-hmm. Or not. Was it boxing? I didn't watch it. It was <sighs> some other kind of fight. Versus uh, Nick Diaz. But I think they both got the win. I think Jake Paul also won. So, yeah. The Paul Brothers. They're making money. They <laughs> That's about all I could say about them. They know how to make money and they make a lot of it. I mean, you have to give Logan props, though, because, I mean, it, he makes it look really easy to be a, a good wrestler. And I would say he is a good wrestler. We've seen a lot of people who do this full time who are not good wrestlers. Yes. I'm not saying no. Yes. Okay. But I think to Ricochet's credit, uh, um sometimes underappreciated talent of a wrestler is being able to make another sell. wrestler look good, really sell it. Yep. And while I agree that he may probably didn't really shine out of that match and didn't do a whole lot of his normal, I kind of felt like he had to come down a little bit to be at Logan's level. And it maybe made it feel a little bit like he wasn't fully on because he... Like, you may be right and. It might have been a thing where because Logan looked so good and Ricochet didn't look quite as good, in my opinion, that may be credit to Ricochet. Because that seems like, I mean, ideally they would have both came out looking good, but they, they did another one of those, like a reverse Spanish fly or something that like, where they're kind of belly to belly a little bit and they both do a backflip. Mm. I think they did another one and still didn't quite land it cleanly. Yeah. Like... um I don't know. I don't think they're going to do another one of these. <laughs> I think they've got they've squeezed this uh, this fruit yeah. dry, and I think it's time to move on. I think if Logan wishes and desires to continue to move forward, I need to see his in ring skills uh, develop a little bit more. He has been working a lot on his jumps and his flips, and I see that for sure. Um, he's put in a lot of work. He is a lot better than some bad wrestlers for sure. Um, but, and, and it's great for the spectacle of it. Of course, those are always fun. I love a flippy guy. I love a flippy wrestler. Um, but I need to see a little bit more of his maybe grappling style, Mm. um, submission type stuff. But I agree with you. He's not a terrible wrestler. And like he's only gonna wrestle at the, at the big pay per view events, sure so. to get money, which again makes it, it's hard to like him. It I is know. okay. Let's move on. Okay. Uh, we got Cody Rhodes in his third match versus Brock Lesnar, <laughs> and he beats him. This is yes. an interesting one. This was an interesting one. Brock got his trunk shredded. Oh my we, god! <laughs> we just about had a uh, an incident. <laughs> little peep show there. <laughs> Good thing he had underwear on, for sure. <laughs> Can you imagine? I would have loved to see that scandal on the internet. That would oh be 
<sighs> that would be great. But yes, um, after a very, what felt a little bit long to me, I don't know, we kind of talked about maybe it was maybe kind of cut short a little bit uh, because of the trunks being shredded, which I just, I want to go mm. back and watch it and see what caused that. I don't even remember. I have no idea. Just I mean, the fabric was too thin, maybe? There was some, and this is one thing I wanted to talk about is, Cody Rhodes did use the the steel stairs, the steps on mm. him. Mm. And not in the usual way where, uh, and this was not a no disqualification match. Mm-hmm. This was a regular match. Mm-hmm. So not in the usual way where you like sling somebody into the stairs. He actually took the top section off and hit Brock with it. Mm. And the ref watched the whole thing. <laughs> so like, I don't know if that's, it's wrestling logic, but. Is that typically a disqualification? I feel like it, at some point in time it was. Like you can't, you're not supposed to be able to use any weapons. I feel like I've seen people do that with steps though, like a lot. But maybe. Oh, okay. I don't know. It's just a weird thing, I guess, because it's part of the ring. Yeah, I feel like I see it all the time. People lift the stairs up and throw them. Yeah. No. I don't know. Mm. I guess I need to pay more attention to the steps, but it was a pretty good match. Of course, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a bad Brock Lesnar match of all the ones that I've ever seen. Cody got beat down for a while. Yes. For the first part of the match, just yeah. absolutely beat down to the point where I was like, I don't, does this even help Cody? Like, even if he pulls this off, does this really help him? Yeah. That's one thing that like I kind of <laughs> love about Brock Lesnar matches <laughs> is whoever it is, they get beat. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like, Behind the scenes, Brock is probably like, listen, whatever happens, I'm going to beat that guy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to beat him up. Now, who, whoever wins, you know, that's kind of, maybe that's decided by storyline or creative or whatever. But Brock's like, you're going to get your ass beat. <laughs> I feel like. But. Cody Rose does rally, though, eventually. He hits the crossroads. I think he does three of them. That's usually what he has to do to win. Yeah. To win. yeah. Uh, these bigger guys. Yeah. Um, and finally he pins him, pins him clean. There's no real shenanigans here. Yeah. Clean win. Um, then we have the aftermatch thing. Where he shakes uh, his hand or. Yeah. So Brock takes his gloves off. Uh, apparently this is, this was not planned. Apparently. And maybe, I don't know Sources if that's true say. or not, but. Apparently, this wasn't planned. This was uh, improv, but Brock takes his gloves off. He walks up to Cody. Cody's looking a mixture of confused <laughs> and scared. <laughs> like, uh-oh. As would any smart person who's ever done anything with Brock. Is like, as soon as he comes up, you're like, I don't know. <laughs> he puts out his hand. They shake hands. I think they, he, and, and then he raises mm-hmm. his hand, his hand up. Yeah. So, it was um, like, hmm. Maybe this is all Brock wanted all along is just to test Cody, yeah. get him ready for that Roman Reigns rematch. Yeah. But speaking of people who, you know, just show up to get the paycheck, Brock got his paycheck. He's going to, yeah. <laughs> he's going to go. Not gonna, we're not going to see Brock for a while. <laughs> no. It's going to be a few months. Probably. Yeah. He's going to go on vacation. So he's like, give it up for this guy. Yep. Cause I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now we got the Slim Jim battle Royal. The event of the night. <laughs> this is probably my favorite match, which is saying something. It, For me, the energy, P 
peaked at this match. People were going crazy over this one. And uh, I feel like the subsequent matches, it died down a little bit. (laughs) Which is, it's always sad to me. I feel like uh, it says a lot when uh, your headline match or your like title matches, the crowd isn't as into it as they are earlier in the show. I'm like, you know, I don't know. It says something a little bit to me. But maybe I'm just being biased. I don't know. But anyway, yes. Biggest crowd reaction. Here, for sure. LA Knight wins. And you're right. It's the biggest crowd reaction of the night for a no no title. Yeah. People just really wanted him to win. No, you get nothing for winning this match. But... People absolutely lost it, including us. We were on the edge of our seats, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> wanting LA Knight to get a big win at a pay per view, and sure enough, he did. Yes, yeah. Great I, moment. I'm actually, I kind of want to go back and rewatch and just end at mm-hmm. that match because really the energy peaked there. But yeah, it was. I don't even who all else was in there. Chad Gable. Yeah, Chad. Chad notice. I mean, just about all the mid card folks. Shinsuke. Yeah. Uh, I mean. All of them. A lot of guys, yeah. Yep. I was just trying to remember who else. Sheamus was there in there toward the end. Yes. I know. And there was like maybe one one other guy who was kind mm-hmm. of older. Austin Theory was in there and just like... For like all of 30 got seconds. Got tossed out yeah. like garbage. He's, he's become a sideline. Like who even... If we have time, we can talk about him <laughs> later, but... But yes, it was a great, great match. Crowd loved it. Internet seemed to love it. And of course, as soon as the match ended, they rolled that Slim Jim commercial commercial oh, with yeah. LA Knight and Bianca. Bianca, yeah. Yeah, that was, I, for, um, I forgot to mention that. Um, yeah, that, what a great commercial. Well, yeah, <laughs> they, they knew what was up. They had the Macho Man, <laughs> Randy Savage original commercial in the background and... Yeah, L.A. snapping into that Slim Jim, saying his his uh, catchphrases. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's really on the up, big time. And I, so I'm pretty sure I read this. I could be totally wrong, but just go with it here. I'm pretty sure I read that this month, as I was telling you the other day, that L.A. Knight surpassed Bloodline merch sales for the month, mm. which is like the first time. I th- I'm thinking. I thought. Let me check my sources actually, while so I don't sound like an idiot. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that's the first time that's happened in a very long time. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, other than Cody, uh, I would think Cody Rhodes and in, in the Bloodline would be up there, and nobody else. Yeah. So yeah, if he's up there, even close to them, that's a huge deal. Yeah. Let me see if I can find that article. It, I mean, it continues. He's had this momentum for months. So hopefully, and I, I guess we can insert a little bit more context because on Monday night, we had uh, LA Knight and The Miz going toe-to-toe. Mm-hmm. So it seems like we're going to have a little program with them. Had some back and forths, a great promo between those two. So uh, it seems like they're definitely giving LA Knight a push. Big time. I have no idea where that's going to end. I feel like... I feel like they're going to put him through the Cody Rhodes experience, the tests. Like, here's a new test. Let's see how you do with this. Sure. And then here's a new test. Uh, see what you can do with that. And then maybe eventually we'll get to a point where they feel uh, he can get a title shot even. I have to imagine that 
yeah, the storyline people are like, what? What are we doing? We got to do something with this guy because he's exploding. People love him. The crowd is going crazy. Merch sales are skyrocketing. Mm -hmm. Like, we got to do something. We can't just, like, not do anything with him. So, yeah, I'm sure in the next coming months he's going to be very prevalent. Mm -hmm. Um, Up next we got Shayna Baszler defeating Ronda Rousey. In an MMA style match, MMA rules match. Uh, interesting match for sure. So, I don't think we've seen anything quite like this before. You got Shayna and Ronda going at it. I got to read this in, later. There's a lot in, of MMA rules. Uh, so it just looked like slow motion MMA. Like I completely the, forgot. I didn't even write that match down. They were kind of like throwing punches, like half-hearted punches and stuff. And it, it made you realize why they don't do this kind of thing, this sort of style very often. Yeah. Now, I mean, they still got some things in, but it just like, it doesn't... It look, didn't fit. It doesn't work. Going to that from the LA night match, <laughs> the crowd was booing. This was the cool down match. They were sure. booing it so hard. You saw like people getting really? up to use the ba- I thought I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, to use the bathroom for sure. I yeah. did see that. Yep. The crowd wasn't into it, I don't think. No. Of course I wasn't there, but I pretty sure they were not into it. <laughs> Shane defeats Rhonda. Rhonda is out of the company. So Out of the company. Yeah, that's that's why this whole thing happened. Huh. Rhonda's contract expired and she's done. And she's not she's not coming back at least in the short term. Interesting. So, I guess uh, she was hoping to give Shayna the rub, maybe kind of put give her a, a little push mm. on her way out. I don't think. I mean, I, I don't think it was all bad. I think it's partially good for Shayna, but there's we'll a spider. See. I need to kill the spider. You continue. Okay, you're going to kill Spider. I'm going to keep going. We got (laughs) Gunther versus Drew McIntyre for the Intercontinental title. Uh, I'd say a pretty solid match, but I would say this one wasn't even as good as Gunther versus Chad Gable on SmackDown the week before. I I thought the same thing. And And nothing on the, on like, nothing against these guys. It just like, I don't know if the two big meaty guys like this are going to put on the best match. I know. Well, it was like the chemistry just wasn't quite there. Yeah. Which and, is odd because you, you would think it would be. And Drew, Well, Drew's been away for a while too. Yeah, it and felt a little... I don't know. I feel like they just don't have much to do with Drew. I, I feel like he's desperately in need of a character change. Yeah. I feel like he's gone the distance with this character and there's nowhere else to go. And so they throw him in the same match that he was in WrestleMania, minus Sheamus. Mm. Uh, I just I don't even remember much of this match other than just a whole lot of chops. Sure, it's a Gunter match. There's gonna be chops left and yeah. right, but and Gunter looking like a beast again with that power bomb and yeah. just wrecking him. Yeah. So I mean, it made Drew look pretty weak. I think I don't think it did any favors for him. Yeah. Uh, Gunter rolls on. And beats kinda, him, beats this guy again. Now I want to go back and watch him fight Chad Gable, who I've been, I'm really like excited for that too, because I think he's got some good one-on-one matches up his sleeve coming up. I hope, 
Chad gets a one-on-one match for Payback, which is our next mm. PLE. Okay. In September, October? I'm going to guess probably September. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, even Drew versus, or sorry, uh, Gable versus Gunther would be great again. Part mm-hmm. two. Mm-hmm. So, uh, somebody online was saying that this is like the modern day version of uh, Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Angle. Gunther versus Gable. Mm. I can definitely see it. You got two pretty technical wrestlers, a powerhouse and like a smaller, mm-hmm. more technical guy. Yeah. Um, Gable so. is just so fun to watch. He's mm-hmm. so good. Gable getting shout outs, even though he wasn't on the show. Yeah. He did have a brief segment um, with the, what was it? The energy drink? No, it was the Mike's Hard Lemonade. Okay. He the Alpha Academy had a little oh yes 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 segment mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. that. So he I'm did loving ha- that too. I'm just loving him and Otis Otis. They're and on the rise. Yep. Yes, I'm loving it. I, mm-hmm. I'm I want them to keep going the distance. Yep. Yeah, mm. they're a bright spot on a very long Monday Night Raw. Yes, yes. <laughs> and what we got next? The women's. No, we got Seth Rollins. Oh God, there's so many matches I didn't even write down. <laughs> Seth Rollins defeats Finn Balor. This was a doozy. Yeah. For the WWE World Heavyweight title. Yeah. Uh, the It really felt like Finn might actually win this one. We had, I think the whole panel in the pre-show picked Finn Balor. Nobody picked Seth to win this one. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, um, come on. <laughs> I mean, it did feel like he, it felt like Finn really needed this. Like how many more, how many more chances are you going to get? Yeah, Finn needs something. Don't get me wrong. Finn needs something, but I don't think it's the Rollins belt. Maybe. Because I I, agree with you. I think it could have been, but let's talk about the ending because it was pretty crazy. Uh, Of course, at some point, the rest of the Judgment Day walks out, including... Damian Priest with his his Money in the Bank briefcase. Yeah. Lots of miscommunication. Like the ref is distracted and and Damian Priest is up on the apron talking to Finn and Finn is like, "No, we go with plan A, plan A." And and Damian's like, "I'm just I'm trying to help you take the briefcase." Mm-hmm. And they they have their wires crossed and then eventually I think Finn is like dictating what he wants to happen mm-hmm. so at another point damien just like he's like whatever i'll do what you want he he slides in the briefcase walks around and and distracts the ref on the apron and finn goes for it seth stomps finn's head into the briefcase mm. pins him and the look that damien has on his face after is going to be famous because it's very much the look of just like completely dead inside. <laughs> just like, I did exactly what you wanted me to do. Yeah. I feel like the whole the whole reason for this whole match and everything is just to sow a little bit of distrust between... Um, There's definitely Finn, Finn versus Damien vibes, but like how, how they're going to pull that off, I don't know. Because Damien's got to cash that thing in at some point. 
It could be a it could be a slow burn. We may not see it till WrestleMania. Oh, if the bloodline has taught me anything, it's that <laughs> when they start sowing distrust between the family members, it's going to be a slow ride. <laughs> <laughs> it, it ain't nothing going to get resolved anytime soon. <laughs> I hope it doesn't follow. We'll talk about bloodline in a bit. You know that's what they're doing. They need a Monday night equivalent, and that's what they're going to push. Yeah, it, it does feel too soon to do all this. I hope it's a swerve and like they figure it out. But I mean, I could uh, Finn versus Damien could be fun. Sure. If there, if there's a belt involved. If there's not, then I don't know. Hmm. You think maybe Damien will eventually get it with the briefcase, and then maybe Finn will step up or something. I have no idea at this point. Hmm. I, I really thought something. I think I thought something was likely to happen. Mm-hmm. Like Finn wins and Damien cashes in would make sense. Mm-hmm. Finn wins, Damien goes to cash in, but then doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. And then mm-hmm. there's a tension between them for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now with this, it's like it feels like Seth is now going to go off and do something else. And now what's, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where it's I, I couldn't even give you a good, a good guess on this one. I don't think they've known what, what the Judgment Day is doing for a while. So, yeah, there, there's going to have to be a swerve there for sure. We've got the Women's World Championship match next. Bianca Belair defeats Charlotte Flair and Asuka for the belt, at mm-hmm. least initially. At least initially. Um, let's talk about that match first. Uh, Bianca has an injury to her knee. Sells it very well. Sells it very well. But ultimately, I think not a real injury. But yeah, sells an injury to make you you know think something's going on there. Um, Charlotte gets the acid spray to her face from Asuka and uh, gets tapped out. I think that's the highlights of that. <laughs> well, uh, Bianca... Bianca does like a backflip or something onto Charlotte. So there there wasn't a submission, right? I think it was a pin. Mm. Um, I guess so, yeah. yeah. She does that flip when Charlotte's in a backbend, doesn't yes. she? And it was like, ooh. Yeah, looked pretty yeah. gnarly. So yeah. she barely pulls off that win. And of course, Yosuke comes running down. The Miss, Miss Money in the Bank cashes in the briefcase and Bianca just doesn't have a chance. She's got her knee hurt. She's just been through this match. Yo, Sky is your WWE Women's Champion. Yes. I don't know. It's like I it I'm not into it. But whenever we went and saw um I can't remember which live show we went to the other it was the one before the last one, the Raw um in Greensboro. People were in love with EO. Like, I remember when she came out, the guy beside me was, like, obsessed. And I kept mm-hmm. thinking, like, bro, chill. Like, <laughs> but maybe she's got a much bigger following than we give her credit for. And that's what's pushing this. But I don't see it. I don't. When you compare her to a Bianca or a Charlotte, she ain't. I feel like she don't have nothing. But. Yeah. I tend to agree with you. I mean, um, I don't feel like she's done anything in WWE since we since she's like returned at like I think it was a year ago at mm. the previous SummerSlam. I've I've seen not anything. I mean, she's a, a fine wrestler, I guess, but yeah, it feels like 
her popularity is coming from other things. I don't like understand it. Probably her NXT time. Mm. I'm guessing she probably wrestled in some other promotions as well. Mm. So I'm guessing that's kind of where her following comes from. Because, yeah, I yeah. feel like damage control has been a dud. A, a giant dud. For the me. last year. A giant dud. But we'll see. I, I, it is a little frustrating to me. Like, WWE frustrates me in that they'll put give EO Sky a chance, which I'm happy for her. Happy she's got a chance. But then you've got LA Knight, who's selling all this merch. He's, you know, helping sell out arenas. He gets this huge reaction anywhere he goes, and yet I bet it'll be like a year or two before he, before he gets like a world championship. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's no fairness or logic, which is frustrating sometimes. Yeah. Because if you compare apples to apples with Io Sky and Bianca Belair, Bianca could wipe the floor with her. Okay. She is miles above Io to me, in performance, in presentation. In everything, she is a women's champion. Charlotte Flair is too, I'll admit. I know you're not as much on board. I think Charlotte's got it. Um, is she a little mm, one-dimensional sometimes? Yes, but she's got it. She knows how to roll. Mm-hmm. Io does not have it. She doesn't have the mic. She doesn't have the moves. She doesn't have the style. She looks the same every single time. She does nothing creative or new. It's the same thing. Same song and dance every single time. And she can't do anything solo. Everything has to have someone supporting her, right? Yeah. And it's usually, um, who's that other girl? Bailey. Bailey, who's like her kind of supporter. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know what's going to happen here. Um, I don't see this being, I don't see her keeping it for long. I hope she doesn't. This, I mean, it could just be kind of a transition. I mean, I, I could see it going a lot like Asuka's reign, just kind of a... Maybe, they gotta switch maybe, it up a little bit, I guess. I guess so. Like, I mean, it's obvious who your stars are in the women's division, and it's it's so different from the men's division, where a lot of the stars either have a belt or are sort of in the running for one. Mm-hmm. I feel like with in the women's, it's very much like you know you've got Becky and Bianca and Charlotte, and and yeah. so on. They and they and they don't have a belt. Yeah, things are getting a little stale with the women's. Mm-hmm. So I'm foreseeing either like either they're going to bring someone in or they're going to s- switch it up with the pairing. Something's got to happen there because Becky and Trish were over it. Let's yep. go on to something else. But in the most recent episode, they brought in what's her face and they did something different there. I think. Um, z- start. Yeah, they did. Zoe something. start. Yeah, what happened with her the last episode? Uh, we weren't fully watching that one. She, <laughs> but she was, she there. had a match. Yeah. I don't know. Becky. We'll, yeah. I don't know. So I, I foresee a bit of a pivot coming because yeah. I don't think things are stacked necessarily equally, mm-hmm. especially with Aria. I kind of feel like maybe Bianca needs to come over to like raw or something. Yeah, and, yeah. And I mean, I, switch it up a little bit. I think the brand split is really hurting the women's division. Yes, more than the men's. Yes, I one hundred percent agree. It's it's watered down on both sides. Yes, and there's like two top women in each 
whatever and it's yeah. like you can't just keep having the same two people and the top fight. is great but like it'd probably be a lot more interesting to see like bianca versus Rhea, very Rhea yeah. versus charlotte again and yes charlotte versus you know yeah and becky bring her back into the mix yeah like you could mix and match these folks for a while yeah they um, hopefully in, a pivot is coming We'll see. I mean, yeah. we're starting to see with we saw with LA Knight the brand split rules getting broken uh, the first day after SummerSlam. So yeah, <laughs> I kind of feel like they just don't know what to do with him. <laughs> they know they've got someone really popular and exploding, and they're like, uh, "Put him on this show, okay?" And then we're gonna put him on this show. Uh, make him say something. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> do something with the guy. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Funny. Uh, all right are you ready to talk about the main event i'm ready you didn't really you didn't watch this one did you i did yeah I oh mean, you're all right we watched we did yeah that. i did it in two parts but mm. yes i did watch it right i forgot about that yeah yeah so i watched it twice i watched the second half of this twice mm -hmm. once i stayed up late the first night to watch it and then i watched it with you yeah so I'm I'm very curious. I want to hear your opinions because you would not tell me <laughs> until today. Ah, uh, I'm so conflicted. Roman Reigns versus Jay Uso. Long, long, slow match. Long <laughs> match. Long, slow match. Um, wouldn't call it a great match. There were some bigger spots, I guess. Some dives. There was the Samoan slam from Jay. Uh, putting Roman through the table. Apparently, Roman gets injured at some point throughout the match, though he didn't show it. Um, yeah, you said his shoulder or something? Yes, I think it was his shoulder okay. was bothering him because mm. there was one point where, and I forget how he gets outside the ring, but like he gets thrown out of the ring or something. Um, and he's kind of like, you know, you know when somebody goes for a dive out of the ring, mm -hmm. there's they're always there waiting for them to kind of catch them. Mm -hmm. Roman was like leaning up against the barricade, mm. like with his head down. He was not ready for that. Yeah. Um. Hm. So yeah, it seems like he got hurt, but not really part of the story here. Yeah. I mean, of course they go out into the crowd. Um, Solo gets involved, of course. Of course. <laughs> um. What else? I'm, okay, so I mean the big swerve here toward the end is Jay. Looks like Jay's about to wrap this up, of course. He gives Roman a big spear. He goes for the pin. One, two. Somebody pulls his leg out of the ring. And <laughs> it's it's a masked, a hooded, a um. masked, but a hooded and masked, actually. Uh, guy who's got his back to the camera. Corey Graves is like looking around, trying <laughs> trying to see who it is. Yeah, takes the mask off. It's Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? Jimmy super kicks Jay, throws him back in the ring. Mm-hmm. Roman retains. Mm-hmm. Death taxes and <laughs> Roman retains. Yes. If you had ever asked me what would be the most predictable match in this whole show that was so predictable, that was so anticlimactic, that... Oh, do you disagree? I disagree that it was it was unpredictable in the worst way, in that you did probably the one thing that you shouldn't have done. 
Uh-huh. Which is recycle old news. It's not recycled. It's never happened before. It's just like, how does it make sense that Jimmy turn? He is the one. He's the first one to turn on Roman. Super kicks him at um, one of these. I forget which one it was. One of the pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay is the one that's reluctant. Mm-hmm. Now he's like turn turning on Jay all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. They've been they've had each other's backs for this whole time, and now. He's going to turn on him. We have to talk about Friday night too, because we didn't have this context after SummerSlam, but it's very important. Uh, Jimmy comes out on SmackDown and says, it's it's not about you, Roman. So he's not going back to the bloodline, at least for now. He says he he didn't want Jay to be like Roman. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Jay, Jay turns his back to him. Actually, this was hilarious. He, well, he super kicks, he like super kicks everybody. Mm-hmm. Takes out Roman, takes out Solo. Jay, uh, Jimmy has already walked up to the top of the ramp. He gets out, of, uh, Jay gets out of the ring and is like, come here, come here, Jimmy. And like holds out his, his arms for a hug. Jimmy comes running down. Super kicks his head off. Jay does. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was, it was pretty hilarious. Mm-hmm. And then he says, "I'm out. I'm out of WWE. I'm out. Of, I'm I'm out of the bloodline. I'm out of SmackDown. I'm off WWE. Peace, deuces." And even more context. Apparently, WWE has put him in their alumni section on their website. He's no longer in the active wrestler section on the website Hmm. (laughs) this storyline has zigged and zagged so much there's no logic to it there's no reasoning to it i don't understand anymore i agree with you they've they had a chance to finish it (sighs) albeit probably six months too late but they won't because that's the money maker and i get it but, like, at some point, it ain't fresh. You ain't farming the fresh meat anymore. I thought it was okay. It was slow and okay up until this point. It made sense that Jimmy and Jay would split off. Mm-hmm. They had their match. That made sense. To have them turn on each other or to have Jimmy turn on Jay, like, what? what are you doing? Like, they're just, like, manufacturing things at this point. It reminds me, you know, I wasn't watching the like at the time live, but it reminds me of the stories that I've heard of the NWO mm-hmm. and WCW. They did the same thing where they had the cash cow, which is NWO, mm-hmm. and they got to a point where they didn't have anything else they could do with it. Nope. So they had more and more members join. They eventually had a split where it was like a civil war between <laughs> the, the NWO. He had the wolf pack and the regular NWO. And it just got to a point where it was like so stale and like clear that you have no intention. It's like lost. Mm-hmm. You have no intention it's of like ending it. It's like lost where people guess what the ending is going to be. The writers get upset about it and they change the ending so that there is no ending. For sure. That That is what keeps annoying me about this storyline is they'll they'll set it up, right? They'll set up an execution and then they'll 
they'll zig away from it. Then they'll set up an execution, then they'll zig away from it. They will not follow through with anything they've set up. And that's why I was saying like it was so predictable and that you knew nothing is going to resolve the way you think it is. Someone is going to come in and mess it up like it always happens and something unpredictable is going to happen, which happened, which makes it predictable to me. There's no payoff. No, I know. And that's the problem is the WWE has just been disregarding payoff. Like there's a balance to be had between having the bad guy win sometimes to make the payoff sweeter. Yes. But you never, when you never get the payoff, it gets, it gets irritating and like it it, it makes you clock out. Yes. I think they had something really good on their hands at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. You had Sami Zayn, who is at this point just—he's a mile away from this story. Mm-hmm. You can't do anything with him anymore. You've—you've <laughs> you've like thrown that little very popular guy. He, he like went sky high. He was—he was getting the LA Knight reactions uh-huh. a few months ago. He's—he's uh-huh. he's gone almost. Yeah. WrestleMania, you had the chance to finish it the right way with or at least start the downfall right you did half of it with with the usos Mm -hmm. uh, dropping the belts to Mm -hmm. sammy and ko that was great cody should have beat him Mm -hmm. cody should have beat roman Mm -hmm. i I wanted to see how it played out but at this point it's very clear cody should have beat (laughs) roman and then this whole turmoil everything that's happened since could have happened Regardless of whether Roman held the belt or I'm not. I'm so glad you're on my you're coming over to the dark side on and this. And then by by the time by SummerSlam, this thing should have been we should be bloodline should be no more. I'm so uh, I'm I'm in bliss and just yet, hearing you say this. And yet now we're setting up another six months. Correct. It's maddening. I don't care anymore. I don't understand. it makes me question the typical wrestling fan that that's the cash cow. I'm like, are you yeah. guys, you guys are still taking the bait? Because they're bait and switching every week. Who cares anymore? Call me when something new happens. It's the same stuff. They'll <laughs> they'll set it up to hit it out of the park, and then they'll go, nope. And then they'll set it up, and it, mm, yeah. nope. <laughs> they wasted Sammy's momentum. They wasted Cody's momentum. Now, Cody is good enough that he will keep that momentum. Probably. Like, will he have the same momentum next WrestleMania? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. But you've wasted all this momentum just to stretch out the story that shouldn't have been stretched out. Mm-hmm. This is very much the, the like, TV series going mm-hmm. to, like, seven eight, se- seven, eight seasons when they should have stopped at because three. Because it's got the top ratings. Yeah. So why end it while it's still perfection? No, we don't want to do that. We want to, I mean, milk the life out of the storyline. This is being a wrestling fan, though. This is what it's about. There is a there's a constant struggle between telling the best story possible creatively, but also balancing making the most money possible because they don't always line up. Yeah. And a lot of times they don't. Yeah. Which is why it's so funny to me that kind of... Um, that comparison between you got the cash cow bloodline, but then you got LA Knight coming up and now he's like 
super popular, right? And I have to, that's why I keep saying, I have to imagine that creative's like, uh, uh, <laughs> what do we do with this guy? We got our cash cow. We've been milking this cow for two years now. We can't throw away the cash cow. We got to do something. It's just so funny to me. Like, I... It's possible though, I was reading early, earlier, not only is Roman potentially injured and probably won't fight, won't wrestle for a yeah. little while, um, Jay is listed as inactive. They're probably, or he's listed as out of the company, but hmm. I don't believe that. But, um, Something's but going on. He's, he's probably going to have, I would guess at least he's going to have a month off probably. Yeah. Then he'll make a big Maybe return more. and then yep. it'll continue on. So I don't know, like, I bet we won't see as much of the bloodline for a little while, which is probably a good thing. But it definitely feels like we're stretching this out till WrestleMania 40. For sure. Bloodline's not going anywhere anytime fast. Now that the Usos are potentially out, it'll turn into infighting between Solo and Roman. I mean, I look forward to that to some extent. It's at a point where I'm like, even Solo beat Roman, somebody. I just want Roman to fight anyone else. Mm -hmm. The fact that they've made him the champion, they won't let him, they won't give his belt to anyone else, and yet he does nothing with it. He fights no one else. There is no momentum there. It's so frustrating. Yeah. You've, they've, they've handcuffed themselves to, to their cash cow, and now they can't get away from it. I agree. We'll see how it plays out. I I assume that we're headed toward a Cody versus Roman WrestleMania 40. How they're going to get there, I have no idea. And given that it seems so obvious, I wouldn't be surprised either if they didn't do that. I have no clue what they're going to do at this point, which is how they want it. But sometimes sometimes you just got to do the obvious thing. Sometimes the obvious thing is the thing that makes most sense. It gives you payoff. It gives you satisfaction. Mm -hmm. It makes your fans happy. That doesn't mean you have to play into what the fans want all the time, but it can't always be... They go the opposite direction most of the time. Right. And it's like, I totally get it. Of course, you don't want to be predictable. You don't want to be... You don't want to have to be a servant to what the fans want Mm because the fans are fickle. They turn. They go back and forth. You know, you can't always do what the fans want. But at the same time, if you're never doing what the fans want and you're just like constantly trying to avert their expectations... It, it's tiring. Like mm-hmm. I checked out of bloodline months ago cause I just didn't care. Like yeah. there's no, mo- there's nothing happening there. It's, it's completely died since WrestleMania in, <laughs> in my opinion. I, I mean, we had a brief little spike with Jay with the Usos splitting off, but it, it's been, it's been pretty lackluster this year. And yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know, man. We'll see how I that give up develops. on trying to figure this out. Yeah. Overall, though, what was your what was your rating of of SummerSlam? The, How'd you feel about it? The first half, mm, a minus. The last half, C plus. So, what does that average out to? A B. I'd give the whole thing probably a C plus. Mm, okay. C plus, B minus, maybe at best. It's it wasn't that good of a show to me. I mean, Cody Rhodes and Brock was pretty good. Love seeing LA Knight win something. Almost in in Rollins and Finn that 
there the story around that is interesting and i want to know where it goes yeah uh everything else i'm kind of meh about mm. so yeah probably b minus i expect more from SummerSlam. to yeah. be honest with you i expect more payoff um feels like they're just turning this into more of a just another pay-per-view this year yeah Certainly compared to last SummerSlam, from my yeah. from my memory, I recall last SummerSlam being excellent. Well, you had Brock versus Roman last year. Roman did win, but it was the tractor <laughs> and the tractor stuff and the uh, and Becky versus Be- Bianca. Becky and Bianca, I think, was last year. Fantastic, one of the best matches, honestly, yeah. ever. <laughs> Wonder what else we had. We'll have to go back and and look. Yeah. At that. If we ever have extra time, I'd love to go back and watch some of the 2022 uh, pay-per-views again. Because there were some really good ones last year. Mm-hmm. And so far this year, I don't think we've lived up to it. I I think I still think they're in a bit of a transition period. Yeah. And we're since we're in the middle of it, we're like, what the frick is going on? Like, this sucks. But I, I, I mean, assuming. if I think back, though. Sorry to cut you off. But, oh, you're fine. I mean... We had the Rumble. The Rumble was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Rumble was fantastic. Elimination Chamber was very good. It punched above its weight class. WrestleMania was very good, even though it ended on a sour note for yeah, us. Pretty it good. was very good. Backlash was excellent for what it was. With Bad Bunny and, yeah. and Damian Priest. and there, there was a lot of good stuff going on there. Cody versus Brock won. Mm-hmm. Uh, since then, I don't. What what came after that? Extreme Rules or something? Yeah. Or was that was last year? Anyway, I, I feel like since then it's it's been a noticeable hit. Uh, we we need a payoff soon, I think. But like I said um, last week, it seems like they are um, changing people around a little bit, kind of refiguring out the yeah. uh, card, so to speak. So. Um, like I said, I think we're in a transition period. I think things will hopefully return to normal in the next few months. <laughs> yeah. But all right. Whew, a lot was, of, a lot of discussion. Lots. And we've gone on long enough, so we'll end it here, but yes. we'll be back with our last episode of ruthless aggression smackdown before vengeance. vengeance. And that's pretty much it for now. We'll hopefully be back in a week or two with another episode of Ruthless Progression. Yeah. Thanks for hanging in. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye.